Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, the team released their very first unofficial depth chart of the 2022 preseason. What does that mean? Well, it must be a game week. Plus, a couple nuggets from the business side of things when it comes to the Raiders. And you'll hear my conversation with former Raiders safety and Super Bowl champ Van McElroy, who played with Hall of Famer Cliff Branch. He shares his stories about Cliff, plus just talks ball. Really good conversation that you don't want to miss. It's all coming up on Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for August 3rd, 2022. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. Your win is a Raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And welcome in, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the Locked On Raiders Podcast free and available on all platforms. Very excited about today's show. And I'm telling you right now, off top, I'm actually recording this on Tuesday night as I'm going to be taking a red eye to Cleveland, Ohio, getting a rental car, traveling to Canton, Ohio, and then uh, staying at a hotel that's in Akron. So I'm going to be covering three cities while I'm in Canton, Ohio, for the Hall of Fame, the celebration of Cliff Branch, and of course, the enshrinement of Richard Seymour as well well, who uh, spent a few years with the Silver and Black and did some good things, even though he was on some really bad teams. But uh, excited about this weekend, just like I was excited about this weekend a year ago. So uh, just recording this podcast a little bit ahead of time so I can make sure I get there and get on that plane. And uh, anyone who's been listening to this show for quite a while knows that me and my uh, travel habits aren't very good as far as I always come up with something. Something always happens, and I'm not trying to jinx it, but something always happens. So uh, trying to make sure that that doesn't happen. But want to get into the, the meat of today show here in segment number one just news and notes of the day and really uh, the biggest news is the fact that the Raiders released their depth chart for week one of the preseason and it's so funny because there was so much reaction to the depth chart and oh man I can't believe this guy's starting and I can't believe this have this guy listed here there look this is unofficial. None of this matters right now. But they have to put out a depth chart. Uh, they have to exchange it with the team, and they did. And so they put it out, and that's fine. You know, we get to talk about it. We get to look at it, and, you know, we'll see how it actually looks on Thursday because just because these guys are listed as starters doesn't mean that they're going to be starting on Thursday. Matter of fact, most of these guys that are listed as starters will not be starting on Thursday. But it is kind of cool to see where they are right now on the depth chart according to the Silver and Black. And I don't think that there's really too much that stood out to me. Uh, anything that stands out to me, I'll definitely bring to the table, but there wasn't a whole lot. As far as the starters on offense, Devontae Adams at wide receiver, the other wide receiver, Hunter Renfro. No surprise. Of course, the offensive line is what everyone's going to pay attention to, so I'll go through the two deep on the offensive line really quickly. Left tackle, Colton Miller behind him, Jackson Barton. Left guard, John Simpson behind him, Dylan Parham. Center position, Andre James behind him, Heronis Grasso, and then at the right guard position, Lester Cotton Sr., we've talked a lot about him with Jermaine Illuminor backing him up, and at the right tackle position, Alex Leatherwood, Brandon Parker. Now, just because that's what the two deep is right now does not mean that's what the two deep is going to be next week or the following week or week one against the Chargers. I mean, there's going to be so much moving and shaking going on before it's all said and done. I'll be paying attention a lot to the offensive line, obviously, on Thursday, but I also will be paying attention to individuals to see which one of those guys actually stands out. Uh, of course, at the quarterback position, you have Derek Carr. Jarrett Stidham is the backup to him with Nick Mullins in the three-hole. Josh Jacobs, Brandon Bolden's Amir White. Uh, those two are the, the second string with Kenyon Drake and Britton Brown uh, in the three-hole. And then Jakob Johnson is the fullback. 
On the defensive side of things, not a whole su- lot of surprises as far as I'm concerned. Chandler Jones is the first string DN, followed by Cleve Furl, Malcolm Kuntz. That's three deep there. Defensive tackle position, Andrew Billings is listed as a starter. That's because Jonathan Hankins is currently on the pub list. Tyler Lancaster is the second string with Kendall Vickers in third. And then Neil Farrell Jr. is actually in the fourth hole with Jonathan Hankins. Again, Jonathan Hankins on the pub list, so not a big deal. Defensive tackle, Bilal Nichols is actually uh, penciled in with the first string, even though he is also on the pub list. So uh, that's kind of one that you look at and say, hmm, I wonder about that. Kyle Pico is running with the second. Matthew Butler, the rookie, running with the third team, followed by Vernon Butler. That's four deep right there at the defensive tackle position along the line. And then Max Crosby, of course, he's a starter. Gary Green to Sean Bauer. And then Zach Van Vackenberg uh, closes things out with the four deep as far as the defensive end positions. Outside linebacker, Divine Diablo. Middle linebacker, Denzel Perryman, followed by Darian Butler, the undrafted free agent out of Arizona State. I told you he's been making some noise. And then Curtis Bolton, the linebacker that they just signed on Monday, He's in the three deep. Jayon Brown, the free agent that they signed from Tennessee. He's at the first string, followed by Kenny Young and then Luke Masterson. Here's where it gets a little interesting for me. Nate Hobbs is listed as the outside cornerback as a starter, followed by Meek Robinson, Cravon LeBlanc, and Trayvon Mullen are there in the three hole. The other cornerback position is Rocky Sin, followed by Anthony Averett and Darius Phillips uh, in the three deep right there. So uh, Nate Hobbs and Rocky Sin are your starting outside corners. And that's interesting because Nate Hobbs obviously played the slot all his rookie year. And I mentioned this on the radio on Tuesday. I would love to see Nate Hobbs be the guy that just follows all the best wide receivers on the opposing teams. I would love for him to be that guy as he was following around and kind of shadowing Devontae Adams in practice. Now, I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen, but I would be all for that. Now, of course, it don't matter what I want. It don't matter what you want. It's all about what Patrick Graham and this defensive scheme and these coaches want. But man, I'll tell you right now, if Nate Hobbs could be that dude and just follow around the best wide receiver on each team, that would be awesome. Regardless if they lined up in the slot, on the outside, wherever they lined up, Nate Hobbs, number 39, is right across from him. That would be fun to watch, but not saying that that's going to happen. At the safety position, uh, second-year guy Trayvon Merrick is a starting free safety with Jonathan Abram as a starting strong safety. Behind Trayvon Merrick is Jerron Harmon, the free agent from New England, and then Roderick Teamer is behind Jonathan Abram, but we know Teamer has been out ever since he had a collision with Jonathan Abram in training camp. Of course, the specialist, A.J. Cole, Daniel Carlson, A.J. Cole. You know, punter, kicker, and holder. Trent Sieg is a long snapper. We all know that. Right now, at the kick return position, Amir Abdullah, followed by Keelan Cole and Kenyon Drake. Punt returner, they have Hunter Renfro, Darius Phillips, and DJ Turner. I'm hoping somebody takes that job away from Hunter Renfro, and I'm hoping someone really grabs a hold of that kick returner job and, and holds on to it tight. Right. And, and is a guy that can allow the Raiders to have really good field position. They haven't had one of those guys difference makers on kick return and really punt return. I know Hunter Renfro has been doing a great job, but they haven't had that difference maker in a very long time. So I would love for someone to go and fill that void and be able to be a weapon from the kick return and punt return position. And again, Hunter Renfro can be that guy, but I don't think he should be that guy with as important as he's going to be with this Raiders offense. So that's just going over the, the depth chart right now. The very first one released of the 2022 preseason. And uh, it was interesting to see see where it's going to be. I'm going to hold on to this one as I printed it out. I can't wait to see what it looks like right now compared to what it's going to look like before the September 11th game, the regular season game against the Chargers. Of course, it's going to get cut down to 53 men, so obviously it's going to be a lot less guys on this roster, but very interested to see how much it changes between now and then. So that's something I'll continue to monitor, and of course, we'll do it every week here as the Raiders prepare for more preseason games. Now, on the business side of things, as far as the Raiders concerned, uh, Mick Akers from the Las Vegas Review-Journal put out a piece about the Raiders potentially having a minority owner 
Apparently, Forbes put out a piece on Monday saying that Mark Davis has an offer for an undisclosed minority stake in the team. It attributed the report to an unnamed sports financer familiar with the details. Now, it didn't say who the owner or who the person is trying to become an owner. Didn't say how much they're trying to buy. But they did say that normally uh, minority ownerships, limited ownerships are about 5% stake with the buyer receiving about a 20% discount due to a limited owner's not having operational say. Uh, Forbes did also state that the Raiders listed their value at $6.5 billion, which includes $1.3 billion in debt, which is mainly tied to the construction of the $2 billion Allegiant Stadium. That's according to Forbes. Also, that debt doesn't include the $325 million relocation fee that the Raiders paid to the NFL for their move to Vegas. Mick Akers asked the NFL for a comment. They did not. They actually deferred to the Raiders, and the Raiders did not respond immediately. Last year, Forbes put the value of the Raiders at $3.415 billion, uh, which is a big difference between $6.5, which the Raiders listed their value at. And most of that has to do with the reflection of the Denver Broncos' recent sale for $4.65 billion. So they went ahead and took that into account. So just pay attention to that. Not a big deal. It's not like Mark Davis is selling the team. We see this kind of thing all the time. People come in and want to be minority owners, and so there's a small stake that's sold off, and it's sold for a certain amount of money. And like mentioned earlier, there is no kind of control of the team. There's no kind of uh, say of what goes on as far as you know the business side of things or even the football side of things. They have no control over that. They're just a minority owner. Again, we see it all the time. My final little nugget for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast also has to do with the business side of things, and that's Raiders senior VP and general counsel Kevin Manera. He actually left the team after 10 months. Now, this is probably a few days old. Uh, I meant to bring it to the podcast a a few days ago, but just kind of ran out of time. But since we're talking about the business side of things, let's go ahead and finish up talking the business side of things. And don't panic. This is not a big deal. This is something that was expected. Uh, Once Sandra Douglas Morgan took over as a team president, you knew she was going to meet with everybody in the Raiders organization and she was going to, you know, clean some house and some people would uh, mutually agree to part ways. And uh, there was just going to be, you know, some people that leave and some people that are brought in. I mean, that's just part of her job, something she told us she was going to do when she met with us at Allegiant Stadium, when she was introduced as a team president. Matter of fact, there was an internal email that she sent out. I appreciate Kevin's times and efforts. Uh, As I begin my tenure as president, Kevin and I have mutually agreed that a fresh start makes sense for us both. So it's that simple, that easy. There'll probably be more people that are on their way out. Nothing to get uh, work up about. Again, she's working on cleaning up everything, and Monero was part of a regime that, you know, there was a lot of dysfunction going on. There was a lot of instability that was going on, so him being out or leaving, even on his own terms, is not surprising at all, and that, again, like I mentioned, won't be the last person that we hear about. But that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast, news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, you'll hear part one of my conversation with Van McElroy, former Raiders safety, and a teammate of Cliff Branch. They won a Super Bowl together. He's going to share his thoughts on Cliff Branch, Plus, we'll talk some football in general and the Raiders' upcoming season. Just a lot of good talk with uh, Van McElroy. You'll hear that coming up in segment number two. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about better help. And you're thinking, what's better help? Well, I'll tell you, sometimes life will throw you a curveball, something that you've never seen coming, and all of a sudden, boom, it just hits you in the face. And anyone who's been listening to this podcast for quite a while knows that, hey, I've dealt with it myself. I've dealt with some times that were real, real low. I've also dealt with some times that are real, real high, but you just never know what you're going to wake up to or what you're going to go to bed to. You know what I mean? You just don't know what's going to hit you in the face and what you're going to have to deal with. Well, 
The good thing is BetterHelp is here to help you. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't have to be on camera if you don't want to. And getting therapy every week is as easy as a few clicks on your laptop or your phone. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp is a great way to invest in yourself. But you don't need to take it from me. You can look for yourself. Go to BetterHelp.com right now. Check out all the testimonials. There are about all the doctors on there, all the folks that are there to help you, like Lisa. Uh, there's a write-up about Lisa saying, Lisa's fantastic. She listens and suggests the right follow-ups for me. Two-word write-up about Dr. Susan Hansen. Great listener. Willie. Willie got a great uh, little write-up. Excellent listener. He provides sound counsel and is a wonderful sounding board. I appreciate someone helping me understand how I feel and in developing healthy coping strategies. Sometimes all you need is just someone to listen to you, right? Sometimes that's as simple as that. You might not have the right answer, but all you need is someone that will listen to you and it goes a long way. Well, again, betterhelp.com is where you need to go. And right now they have a special offer for all listeners of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's 10% off your first month online therapy at betterhelp. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to get into part one of my conversation with former Raiders safety Van McElroy. I had him on my radio show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920, on Tuesday. And I've talked to Van McElroy multiple times, including last year at the Hall of Fame as we were celebrating Tom Flores and Charles Woodson going in. And he's going to be there again this year. But just wanted to get his thoughts as he played with Cliff Branch. Of course, it's the summer of Cliff Branch. We've been celebrating him all summer long here on Raider Nation Radio 920 and also uh, here on the podcast. So, uh, I'm very excited about Cliff, even though I know he's not alive to be able to smell the roses, but just so happy that at least his name and his bust will always be in Canton, Ohio, following this upcoming weekend. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But I definitely had Van Rat McElroy on my radio show. And I'll tell you, every time I talk to him, I feel like it's the first time and I always get something new from the conversation. So here's part one of that conversation with former Raider safety and Super Bowl champ Van McElroy. One special guy to everyone involved with the Raiders. Raider Nation, of course, his former teammates as well. That would be one Cliff Branch. And join us now on the phone lines to talk about Cliff Branch is former Raider safety, Super Bowl champ Van McElroy. And Van, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. As always, we definitely appreciate you. And before we deep dive into Cliff, Van, I mean, last time we talked, obviously, uh, the tragedy in Uvalde had gone on. Uh, what's been going on lately? I know there's been a, some advancements. There's been a lot of people spend some money trying to, you know, improve things there. How, how's things going there, first of all? I, I think they're going better. I, you know, I know this, that uh, as far as what the Raiders had contributed, they have already knocked the fences down and are starting to put up the rod the rod iron uh, fencing that will uh, go in its place. Nice. And they're getting the doors and, and the cameras and all those things. Uh, so that part, I know, is, is going uh, forward. I, I think Rob School itself will be knocked over, and they're going to build a new school there. And, and right. I know uh, there's been some help with that, too. So I think I, I think all of that's going well. I, I think they're, the, the, the issue is just, going back and forth and, and, and just, re, you know, reviewing everything that was done. It just it gets it can get kind of ugly, and it's just hard to always, as always, put yourself in anyone's shoes. And 
So that part is a bit difficult right now, but I think at least the part that, you know, uh, I certainly am concerned about is just going forward, uh, allowing, you know, the kids that, that did uh, lose their lives. I mean, something going forward that at least will, will say, hey, you know, we're doing this and we're going to, going forward, we're going to be safe. Right, exactly. And we just never want to lose focus on that. You know, sometimes time goes by and it's like, oh, hey, nothing happened here, nothing to look at. And there is. And yep. I, don't, I don't ever want to lose focus in on that because we've got to get to the finish line somehow. So just wanted to make sure I asked you about that off top. Again, we're talking with uh, Van McElroy here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920. As far as this weekend's festivities, Van, I mean, we were able to hang out for a few minutes last year uh, when we were celebrating Tom Flores going in and Charles Woodson going in, but really coach. And so now we get to do it again with uh, Cliff Branch this upcoming uh, Saturday, matter of fact, this weekend, uh, even though Cliff's not with us. But uh, how exciting is it to know that Cliff Branch's name, his bust, will always be enshrined in, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Very exciting. And at least people can see uh, this guy. And I know they, they will have filmed and just different things of seeing how this guy operated. But uh, it, it's been so deserving. I'm so grateful that finally it's happened. It's going to be great to see a lot of guys. Gail and I will be there uh, Friday. Uh, evening and uh, we'll be there for some things uh, Friday night, but uh, mainly all day Saturday, different events and and everything's there for for Cliff. Everybody's excited. It's been it's been deserved for a long time, but but better late than never. And and we're just going to go and celebrate uh, his career, but just celebrate what a good guy he was too, man. Right, and that's the thing, and Mark Davis, the owner, has told us many times how that was his best friend, and he's super fired up. You know, he gets emotional when he even talks about Cliff, but what did Cliff Branch mean to to you, to your teammates, not only as a player, but just as a man in general? Well, just for me, for example, when I first got there, uh, you know, Q, listen, man, I was a white guy drafted in the Soul Patrol, brother. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you know, and so they're, you know, checking this dude out, going, okay, you know, and and but Cliff from the uh, from the get go, man, just took me aboard and and really, you know, just made me feel apart, to be honest with you. And and you know how how a man like that, especially as highly thought of as he was on the team and in the league, uh, to sort of take you on and and encourage you and and just make you feel apart is huge. And and he and Lester Hayes both uh, were good about that, but. But no, that that's what I noticed at the very beginning. This guy, outside of being all he was on the field as an athlete, was also a guy that really uh, was a part of, of making that team a team. I mean, it just really was. It was pretty cool to, to see. How difficult was it, or maybe how much better did it make you guys as a defensive unit to have to go up against Cliff every day in practice? Oh, guys like that just uh, – incredibly tough i mean we had some great receivers and and but this guy was so you know the only way to describe cliff really and and you know i don't even know if this word's in the in the dictionary or not but and usually when you make words up that that means you just can't find that right word he's so so incredible but he he to me was uncoverable i mean he just he he to me his best route was the, the quick slant even though he was a deep guy and he could just run past people and he always had the fear of that guy. And that's, that's really what he was all about is, is, you know, don't, you know, you take what you want, not what you can get. And then with Cliff, you can oftentimes do that going deep, but, but he had this uh, ability to, to make 
make that little out move if I can, try to, to explain as best I can. With, with If he's on the left side, with, on, he was a Z on the left side, and he's, he's going up the field. And about, about that 8- to 10-yard mark where he's starting to get to that corner, he would push him hard with that left foot going up like he's going to just do what he always does, you know, take him up field, and then all of a sudden cut across on that quick slant. And in the scene between the corner and the free safety, there's that little gap in there that, man, when you hit that thing just right, you can go all the way with a guy with, with his wheels. And, and, man, it was just so dangerous because here he was. He was scared to death him going up. But then all of a sudden, boom, he pumped that quick slant. And that deal you just n- could not cover. Matter of fact, one of the scores, if, if anybody ever wanted to watch his quick slant, just, just go back and watch the Super Bowl and you'll see a quick slant in for a score. The guy nearly fell over. <laughs> you know, these are NFL corners. They're not bad guys. <laughs> right, right. No, they're good. They're good. Again, we're talking with uh, Super Bowl champ Van McElroy, former Raider safety, talking all things Cliff Branch as he'll be enshrined into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this upcoming weekend. You know, one play that obviously stands out in, in NFL history was the 99-yard touchdown catch, uh, you know, and he, he runs, I don't know, 25, 30 yards with a, a pulled hammy. But uh, how much fun was it just to watch Cliff when you're standing on the sideline as a defensive unit just to watch Cliff and that offense go out there and perform? Well, not only just watching Cliff, but he just his his actions were so were so unique. You know, a lot of the speed guys like a Willie Galt who could just you know world class sprinter, and as was Cliff, really uh, could get up on you so fast. But most of those guys, I don't say this in a bad way, but most of them were a little stiff, mm-hmm. and they weren't the bravest guys on the planet. I mean, they just weren't. And then you know, coming in on that inside stuff, they could get a little get a little bit but but clip just wasn't that way i mean if you watch him man he blocked he, you know and he just had his legs were just so strong i mean it was amazing to me to see he, you know he wasn't a big guy and but he'd come in uh had no fear to block and, and do all those things and, and just the idea of, of being on the field and knowing that everybody was scared to death that all of a sudden he's going to go up but what does that do you know for for the game well what it does is that now the Todd Christensen of the world you know those guys can come up underneath because everybody's run off you know you got the corner the safety uh, on one side they're, they're gone you've got linebackers that are probably dropping deeper than they normally would so it allows all that underneath stuff uh, to, to take place, and, and and that's what a guy like that does. When they talk about just taking what you want, but 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 scaring the defense and and all of those things with one guy, that one guy does more than simply take it deep, you know, for for a big touchdown. He just clears the path open for a lot of other guys. You know, it's funny as you describe what Cliff was able to do for the offense and just how he was able to open things up. I think about the current team as I've been out at training camp every day and a guy like Devontae Adams who's just a, a difference maker and he's going to open things up for the rest of the offense as well and I know he doesn't have the speed of a Cliff Branch but uh, that's what you're talking about is difference makers that can open it up and make the game easier. I mean, how, how big is that that the Raiders have currently a guy that could do that as well just in a different style? No, it's, it's, it's a huge part of the game, and especially a lot of teams, you know, play today, you know, they, they have their cover too deep or their quarters, and, 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 you know, not to get into explaining what the quarters uh, necessarily is, but 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 in those two defenses, and, and just say just take the two deep, that's a pretty simple deal. You've got, you've got the two safeties in between the hash mark and the numbers, you know, right about a yard inside the numbers, and, and they're going deep, and then you have all five other guys, the corners, linebackers up underneath there. But when you have this guy that can run the way he does, 
you usually have to run that cornerback. Both those cornerbacks have to get deeper just to cover the deep corner because the safety can't do it by himself. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of guys they can, but they'll pump. You know, they'll bump them with that that inside leg to the post, which will turn that safety. And all of a sudden, they pump out on that that corner. And it's wide open every time unless that corner comes back. And I don't know if I'm explaining this long <laughs> enough, but that corner has got to get some depth in there to, to keep that deep corner from happening. But what happens with that, then you've got all these guys coming across the field shallow at about 10, 12 yards, and they're open all day long. So that's exactly what he will do uh, for the Raiders with the schemes uh, that these teams are running right now. There it is right there, part one of my conversation with the former Raider safety. And uh, as you can tell, we have a lot of fun when we talk. And he's a good, genuine dude. Uh, Really enjoy his time. And he always gives me as much time as possible. And I always think that I'm only going to talk to him about 8 to 10 minutes. And all of a sudden, it turns into 20 minutes. It just happens like that. So coming up in segment number three, you'll hear part two of the conversation. We'll start off just talking about how much I enjoy talking ball with him and how much he enjoys talking ball. As you can tell right there at the end of segment number two, uh, at the end of that last answer he had, he was just getting deep deep in the ball and you could tell he loved this so uh, I'll start off talking about the game of football in general that'll come up in segment number three after I tell you about betonline.net they are the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs you can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds lines and games find reviews and news at every league major league baseball NFL NBA NHL combat sports esports even golf they have all that covered betonline.net continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts they've got you covered head to the website today again betonline.net use your mobile device or your laptop to learn about the action today betonline.net that's where the game starts your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation, segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into part two of my conversation with former Raider safety Van McElroy, Super Bowl champ, teammate of One Cliff Branch. And you heard us in the end of segment number two, we were talking about what Devontae Adams brings to the table. So we really just started getting into talking ball. And that's just where the conversation led. So uh, we'll start off segment number three here in part two of my conversation with me just asking Van about how much he enjoys talking football. I just hear you talking ball, man. I get excited myself. You know, like I haven't pictured it my head, uh, just everything that's going on, the way you're breaking it down. How much fun is it for you as uh, you know, a former Raider, a former safety, a Super Bowl champ? How much fun is it just for you to, to talk ball at times? I love it, man. And you know, and, and people, I don't know that they truly understand the level uh, of you know, just how deep you, you, you needed to get into the game to, to be at that level of play. And uh, in part, and a large part of that is the film and how much film I know how much I would watch, you know, during the week. I, I, I would hate to tell people just they would think I had no life, but <laughs> I literally was looking for that person you know, on every scheme, whatever it is. What You know, if it was a, uh, a near, far, eye, tight, all those are different formations of the offense, but they're all different. And one guy on that offense will give it away. If you will watch long enough, they will give it away. But the biggest thing is that, you know, I, I learned early on, if, if, if from a defensive perspective, if you can learn, you know, or figure out if it's run or pass before the ball snapped or right when the ball snapped, you can win the game. Because guys like Cliff, you know, you know they're going to go deep. And you know those safeties are going to have to be, you know, back there. But if you can at least – Knowing it's a run, 
just because of your ability to read the different uh, players on the line, then at least you can have the ability as a safety, and, and in this case, if they're in their quarters or they're cover two, to come up and be part of the game versus being zero part of the game. Because a lot of times when you have those deep, deep guys, Q, that you're scared of, those two safeties are, you know, are farting around back there, man. They just don't, they don't get up and become part of the game. And that's, that's two less guys that those particular guys like Cliff have kind of taken out of the game, if, if you understand what I'm saying. And, and, and as a safety, you're sort of a late linebacker. Right. And you know, I prided myself on trying to get up there and, and meet those guys close to the line of scrimmage because I knew it was going to be run. Right. And and it's just difficult. You just have to really think twice about it when you're in those schemes of defense, when you have a Cliff you know, or a Willie or, or those types of guys out there because, man, they will, they scare you, brother. They just do. <laughs> <laughs> you, know you know what's so funny about that is I talked to Mike Haynes, who's obviously in the Hall of Fame as well. I talked to him uh, probably a month or so ago, and he was telling me about exactly what you were just saying. There's certain ways that guys would line up. There's certain ways that guys would tighten up their chin strap or an offensive lineman would put his fingers and hand in the dirt a little bit stronger when it was a run. Like There were certain things from film study like you're talking about that he was able to pick up on and say, okay, I know what's coming, or at least I have a good idea, and that gave him a better opportunity to be successful. Every player on offense just has a habit, and if you look long enough, you will find it. And in their case, on the receiver side, you know, how they held themselves, if they had a – I mean, it was just crazy stuff, Q, that you wouldn't even think about, man, that, that maybe you had a fist – you know, when you have your hands out and you're in your stance, you're standing up as a receiver, and maybe, you know, your left hand one time is in a fifth position versus an open position, the receiver doesn't realize it, but he's doing that for a reason. And, you know, it may be because, well, he's going to make a quick end, or maybe he's just going to go block, or maybe he's, I mean, there's just so many parts of the game that they do not realize you know, how they set their feet, you know, where they're lining up, you know, if it, you know, five yards from the, from the open guy, from the tackle, the tight end, you know, whatever it may be. And, and boom, you've, you've got it. And if you look long enough and, and hard enough, you know, and it's hard, I mean, you've got to look, look, look in perspective, you know, I needed to be there uh, on the deep, you know, to, to, to save the game on the deep stuff. So I couldn't make a mistake coming up. So I need to be, you know, I, I I would look at a play and then I would go. I even went the year before to make sure that tackle or that guard or that center, whomever I was, I was watching on that that high set, that full set, that near set, whatever is a different guy, but make sure it was true, you know, to make sure. Right. Okay, you just didn't do this a couple times. So yeah, what Mike did, and, and Mike was a great film watcher. Lester was a great film watcher. And, uh, you know, we really honed in our skills in, in that secondary. And that's, that's one of the reasons we had a poster, you know, no passing zone. And uh, because all the guys were committed and, and, uh, and a couple of those guys, and Lester should be in the hall, a couple of those guys are Hall yep. of Fame guys. And so that's why, it, you know, that's why it all worked. It, you can, there's a lot of great athletes that go on the NFL, Q, but, but they may think they're committed, but they're not. Right.
Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They I don't get know clauses. If I'm making any sense? <laughs> they, no, you are. They they get clauses in their contract to go watch film. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying. Exactly. You know, I I went on this big rant about it, and you know about Kyler and that whole contract situation, and right. he has to watch four hours of film. And I said, look, bottom line, if the team felt like he was doing enough, none of that would be in there, right? I mean, that's bottom yeah, line. Exactly right. That's, Obviously, he wasn't watching film. I don't mean to, you know, the guy's a great guy. I mean. I love that guy. And, yeah. And when I was our agency, I, I represented Cliff Kingsbury uh, as as the coach and, and, and what have you back uh, when I was in the business. And, and Cliff loved him. I mean, he wanted him from day one. And, mm-hmm. and the guy is just so talented. But obviously, if you're having to put something so radical like that, which I've done a ton of contracts, and nothing like that would be in there. He wasn't watching film. Right. He was just depending on his own unique abilities to sort of just, you know, run around, find the guy, and do some different things. And, and obviously, it, it, it was hysterical when you see that. You're going, oh, my goodness. Everybody has to know if you know anything about if you're a player and you've been there and said, man, the dude ain't watching film. That's what he did. <laughs> right. Exactly. We, man, we had a great discussion about that here on the show. Again, we're talking with Van McElroy, former Raider safety here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And Van, this time is always great to catch up with you. I definitely uh, love picking your brain and getting some of your thoughts. But uh, one final question, if, if you had to send a message to Raider Nation about Cliff Branch, maybe they're still kind of new to who Cliff was and what he brought to the game and what he brought to you as a teammate, what would it be? That the guy, outside of being an incredibly gifted athlete, a guy that changed the game just with his presence out there on the field, because he did, you always had to know where number 21 was uh, because he could change the game in a heartbeat. It could be seven points or six points real quick. He was a great guy. He was just a good, good dude, man. And he was he was funny. You know, he'd come pat you. You know, I mean, he might beat somebody. He'd be kind of – he had his little legs and speak, man. He'd kind of jogging by you, man, just pat you and say, dude, dude, you're going to, you know, maybe give you – but he was always encouraging people. The guy was just a good guy, man. And, you know, where I come from, you can't say that very often because when you do say it, it's something special. You know, yeah. And so, outside of his greatness as an athlete, which was man, you can go on and on about that. He was just a good man. He really I was. It. I love it. I love it. Well, I can't wait to get to Canton and celebrate Cliff and see all the Raider Nation celebrate Cliff and see all the Raider alumni, including yourself, celebrate Cliff, Cliff as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Van, have safe travels. Uh, I, I'm hoping to see you on Friday, my man, and we'll catch up. I'll see you, bro. We'll talk later. All right. Thank you. So there it is. There it was. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation. I could have talked to Van for another 20 to 30 minutes. I mean, no joke. Could have definitely talked to him for a long time. He's just a wealth of knowledge. It's going to be great to catch up with him when he shows up to the Hall of Fame on Friday. And there'll be so many people representing the Raider Nation and so many uh, former Raiders going to be there. Of course, Mark Davis is throwing a hell of a party on Saturday following the enshrinement ceremony. So I'm going to collect as much as possible. Uh, You know, I got this podcast knocked out a little bit early because I wanted to make sure that I was able to get to the airport and 
and uh, head on over to uh, where I got to be and get all set up and make sure it's a little bit smoother than it was last year. But one way, one how, we'll get it done, right? No matter what, even if it's a little difficult at times, we'll make sure it gets done and gets covered. So I'm going to bring you every sight and every sound from Canton, Ohio. So if you're not able to be there, don't worry, I got your back. We're going to definitely bring it to you in a major way. Uh, there'll be a lot more celebration between now and uh, before we get back here on Monday. So we're going to have shows each and every day from Canton, Ohio. Definitely appreciate you making the Lockdown Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms. So Raider Nation, hopefully you're enjoying the week. I know I'm going to continue to enjoy the week and the game is coming up on Thursday. We'll have a crossover edition coming up tomorrow. We'll be talking to Amp from uh, Amp Wig from Locked On Jaguars, talking all things Jacksonville and what to expect from this game on Thursday. So that'll come up tomorrow's show. Uh, got a lot to get to, man. It's going to be a lot of fun and we're going to do it here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. So Raider Nation, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.